Today on Brian the Guys, it's the DCEU Review. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brian the Guys. I'm your host, Brian, and tonight my co-host is one of the hosts. I said host a lot. That's a lot. Host. Co-host. Host. Host, <laughs> host of the legendary DC Comics podcast, The Krypton Report. The man you should know by now. Because if you don't know him by now, you will never, never, <laughs> never. Tyler never Patrick, know. what's up, man? Hey, Brian. Not much, man. I'm a, this is one of those conversations that what's funny is you and I have like had this conversation, but so never like times. recorded this conversation. So it's we nice. Never recorded it, this conversation. It'll be a fun um, dive into the whole world and, uh, you know, have some more of the guys join us along this uh, immaculate ride. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You and I have had this conversation probably more than we've like talked about anything. My wife laughed. Um, like, what you guys talk about? Deep stuff? No. <laughs> comics you, you drove you drove like eight hours to go see james what did you talk about oh how pissed off that we are at the dc <laughs> we put our best people on it yeah we put we put our yeah there it is <laughs> we, we put our best people well all right <laughs> tonight or today whatever it is the it is january 1st we're recording this so happy new year everybody happy new year this is the best way to kick off the new year right here best way with with bitching about something so 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 i nonchalantly said said it's like an it's like an end of an air and i didn't put i didn't say era i said air and i was just like okay that works yes so tonight is part one of the end of an air the dcu review as i call it so this episode is part one of a four-part crossover with the Krypton Report. So we're going to kind of do it CW style. So part one today, we're talking Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. And that will, episode will be available only on Brian the Guys. Part two will be featured on the Krypton Report and only the Krypton Report. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we will talk about the Snyder Cut, the Justice League, Aquaman, and Shazam. Part three, right back at Brian the Guys for Harley Quinn film, not Birds of Prey because it's a Harley Quinn film. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> the uh, Wonder Woman 84, The Abomination of God, The Suicide Squad, <laughs> and Black Adam. And then part four, we'll finish out on the Krypton Report with Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, and ending with The Flash. And... Our film rankings, which I'm very interested to see if our film rankings have changed since the last time. I know mine did. Um, and we want to talk about our hopes for the future and definitely analyze and tear apart James Gunn's DCU announcement. Because that's what we do here. We tear things apart and we build back up. All right. Let's do this. So you ready, Tyler? I am ready. All right. Let's travel back in time. <laughs> 2013. No, we might have to go further back, don't we? Uh, 20, I want to say 2011. Uh, 
I want to say it was 2011. Or when you the, go back to 2006 when Superman Returns came out. <laughs> no, I want to say it was 2010, 2011. Um, because I remember going, if we want to talk Man of Steel, I remember it being announced, I want to say in 2010. Yeah. Um, because I remember going to see, uh, hold on, I'm pulling up the date. You went to see a Watchmen in 2009. <laughs> I went to see, in, two, in 2011, Janine and I went and saw the movie Immortals. Because it starred Henry yeah. Cavill. And I mainly went because I wanted to see him as an actor. The movie looked cool, but I wanted to see him as an actor. And that was in 2011. Now, granted that originally Man of Steel was supposed to be released in December of 2012. Yes. So let's let's keep that in mind, too. So I want to say Man of Steel production and everything started, like the announcements and everything started to kind of come out in 2010. I think the first official image was released in 2011. I think so. It was because I remember the job I was working at. I remember my friend sent it to me, but my internet was so bad in Mm. the basement of the work. It took forever for it to load. Uh, What the hell? I almost. Yeah, I remember. I'll never forget that first image where he's crushed into the safe. Yep. And we're like, whoa. Whoa. Okay. All right. We're getting some here. I'm I'm uh I'm trying to sign into Twitter on my desktop, but I guess I don't have it saved. Oh, here we go. No, good luck. Because <laughs> so we found well Tyler found it. I didn't find it. Um found this this DCU timeline that a Twitter user is doing, and it is just <laughs> And I'm going to go to it. His name is the Moonlight Warrior. Yep. Our uh, Twitter name is Black Magic Man 90. Doing this whole entire history of DC um, montage here. Now, I do want to point out one thing. Because this is going to be something that's going to be very important as we go through these parts. Is the Warner Brothers Studio entity. Yes, sir. That, that greenlit Man of Steel. It's completely different, but as we move through this, so I want it to be noted that when Man of Steel was greenlit and even BVS was greenlit, the people behind the scenes were a different group of people. And that's going to, you're going to see this as it changes because that's what gets really interesting as we go. So, and Man of Steel, and I've said this a lot, Man of Steel was coming off the idea of the Dark Knight. Batman mm-hmm. Begins. Green Lantern was the idea. It was supposed to be DC's Iron Man. It was supposed to be okay. the idea. And there was actually a scene written in Green Lantern for Clark Kent. And they wanted Cavill to be in it. And they said no. No. But Man of Steel got backdoored into being the start of their cinematic universe. It was never planned to be the start of a cinematic universe. Could you imagine Green Lantern was the start? Like I have said this till I was blue in the face that if Green Lantern had come out in 2007, right after, you know, Superman returns and before or dark Knight. before dark Knight, it would have been a hit and people would have looked back on it more fondly and appreciated it. 
but because it came out in 2011, it just didn't work or do what it needed to do. No, no. So that kind of gets you the idea of where DC was for Man of Steel. So, so the Moonlight Warrior guy, Black Magic Man, he he starts his timeline in June 2008. I would I would really start it with like thoughts of it. I would start in 2006. I mean, because the the drop of Superman Returns mm-hmm. in that movie, Superman didn't throw one gosh darn punch. But you got to all- go ahead. No, so you also got to think we're not in the mind yet of building cinematic universes. We're just working on standalone films. True. That's why like, I'm like, you know, the, the, because originally the Superman sequel, the Superman Returns sequel was to be called man of steel Ah. or the man of steel. I just remember that being like a working title for it and then it being dropped. But I mean, we can start whenever I'm just saying when we get to, because he goes through a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, which we could spend a lot of time, but it's October 4th, 2010 that Zack Snyder Snyder is hired to direct man of steel. Yes. So this is a year after Watchmen was released. So other directors considered were Guillermo del Toro, Robert Zemeckis. Everybody loves Robert. Ben Affleck, Darren uh, Aronofsky, Jones, John Williamson, Matt Reeves, and Tony Scott. Hmm. I think I think Matt Reeves would have been a good choice. I think um, uh, Aronofsky would not have been a good choice because they were trying to find the next Nolan, finding this very yeah, indie were. indie director who could do a, a a blockbuster. And I mean, that's really what Man of Steel was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the Batman Begins. Of for Superman, do you think that it should have shared continuity with the Dark Knight trilogy? No, because you've already weighed down that universe. You've already um, told that story, and the whole point of the Dark Knight trilogy was a very grounded, real world Batman. Agreed. As soon Agreed. as you introduce Superman, you have a new tone. Um, yep. that's part of why you and I've talked about the idea of existing two different Batman. One that is a serious one, what we're currently working on with Pattinson. Yeah. And then one, whatever this brave and the bold will be that, that exists in the world with the other characters. Um, so, you know, Christian Bale, I think did a great job, but where they leave that film, I wouldn't want Superman and him to team up because by that he's old, broken and doesn't want to do it anymore. So, you oh, just like someone else. So, I mean, <laughs> in but, a BVS movie, <laughs> but he's still doing, oh, he's it, still doing it, though. <laughs> you know, he didn't he didn't retire. Like, uh, so I think I think tonally it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. But yeah, I'm I'm yeah I'm with you because because at, you know, when we start talking about the Flash in episode four, you know, you and I had this debate: would it have worked if Bale was in that movie? Instead we'll, of Keaton, we'll get there because I will get there. Yeah, we'll get um, there. But yeah, August, August 4, 2011, first official look is Henry Cavill as Superman. Um, that image blew my mind. I was like, holy crap, he looks awesome. Because it was January 30th that Henry was cast. Yes. Of yep. 11. Yeah, January 30th, 2011. This is so helpful. All right, June 4, 2013. Let's go right to it. 
Man of Steel releases. The film received an A- cinema score from movie-going audiences. However, critical reception was far more mixed. Uh, Robert Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times said that Man of Steel covered no new ground with regard to Superman films. Agree, disagree. Uh, disagree. But... Disagree. And instead, we're plunged back into mostly over underwhelming film and underdeveloped characters and supercharged fight scenes that drag on and offer nothing new in the way of special effects creativity. I have to disagree. Um, the Boston Globe's Ty Burr wrote, what's missing from the Superman saga is a sense of lightness of pop joy. Um, it didn't have a lot of joy in it. I have to give him that. I, I, I agree. I think the one thing that about man of steel just flat off that I would change is the cinematography is too dark. Like his costume in man of steel is darker, but if you see it, like it looks really good in the smallville scene because it's shot with natural lighting more. Um, yeah, but it is, it is just, it is fighting outside of Sears and IHOP. Yes. Um, (laughs) but it, it is, it is too dark and the cinematography is just too dark. Um, as overall, it's very bleached. Now, if you had just done a Superman trilogy and with each film, you had started to lighten it as in the, as part of the character's journey would be different. Cause then you could go back and look at man of steel being a little bit darker as this is like the seed of where it starts and how it grows, but that's not what happens. So. All right. Let's uh, let's let's do it this way. Usually, usually when I'm doing these reviews, I'm like, "What'd you what'd you like? What'd you hate?" Mm. So, because we could we we could talk for yeah, yes, <laughs> we have so yeah. much to cover. So, Tyler, what worked in this movie? What did you like? I think Cavill works uh, very well. I think the the look, the effects, um, the style, it all it all works. Um. For like most all the casting works perfect. Okay. There's no casting that you're like. Eh. No, you so you asked me what works, not what that's do. true. That's true. Okay. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> I think the score is probably Hans Zimmer's best. I just I find it some of his best work. All right. Would you would you think of what do you think of Zod? Oh, I love Michael Shannon's Zod. The best Zod? Uh, in film, yes. Okay, I really think okay. Colin. I, I like Colin Salmon's Zod a lot because I felt he found a way to tap into both Stamp and uh, Shannon, and kind of bring those two into one character. But I really like Michael Shannon's Zod. I I also I also like Michael Shannon's Zod. I I think I think in terms in terms of villains, um. You know, it does kind of go into the trope that, uh, I mean, that Marvel fell into, of course, where you have the hero fighting someone with the same exact dang powers as them. But, but Shannon, Shannon did this so wonderfully, like his, his, his anger, his, his way of like, he just wants to keep Krypton going, like by any means necessary. Um, the facial expressions that, that Michael Shannon would do just uh, 
Like he just he did he was really great in this role. Um, Shannon is an amazing actor. Amazing actor. Like his whole like I will find him. I will find. I him. will find him. Like you believe it. You're like okay, absolutely. Just the emotion in his face. Um, I you know going so so for me. Okay, what do you feel didn't work before before I lay into it as a standalone film? Okay, yeah. looking at this just through the lens of just the film, um, I think the cinematography is too dark. I think the editing is off. Okay, and we could go through a whole like watch the film and talk about it, but I think some of the editing could have been tweaked, and there's some really odd edits, and the pacing could have picked up a little bit in in parts mm-hmm. because there's a lot of times where you feel like you're at a climax. Like in Smallville or um, the first half of the Metropolis fight, and then you're going to go again, and it's like so you could. I think there's some pacing things we could have altered, and I have said this, and I'm going to. This is Amy Adams' best performance as Lois Lane, but I don't think she was the. I, I don't think she was great for Lois. She was okay. Like, yeah, Jania Jania will argue, and I'll have to bring her on sometime. Where we rewatched Superman Returns, I would love liked, to have Junie on this on and, podcast, and she enjoyed Kate Bosworth more than Amy Adams. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think Amy Adams worked. Um, I think the tornado death scene of Jonathan Kent could have been done a little bit better. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. You <laughs> tighten up that editing. Yeah, he goes back to save the dog. But you could have had him save a dog. You could have had him save some more people. You could have had Clark distracted, saving more people. And, you know, part of this is just because I grew up, grew up watching Smallville where all Clark did was run really fast and no one saw him. So, yep. you know, in my mind, I'm thinking he could yep. run, grab Jonathan and move him. Um, so you could have done something where Clark was busy and then turns around and has to make that choice. I just think some some tightening of that editing and making it like, Jonathan didn't just go back to save the dog. Like he was helping more people when he got taken because they wanted, you know, to bypass the heart attack and make it a little bit different. So, but that's kind of my, what didn't really work as a standalone film. Now I say that because as we get into other films that connect to it, there's things that could have been done better, (laughs) but hands. Absolutely. Absolutely with you. Um, Okay. What I think worked. Um, I think that Cavill looks so much. He, Cavill is a perfect choice for Superman. He looks yeah. like Superman. He's built like Superman. He's jacked. The dude looks great. Looks great as Superman. Um, probably his best at that clip in Black Adam, but he he looks perfect. It was just the, this is the way. This is how Superman should look. Period. Um, I really loved him saving people in the tanker. That tanker scene was mm-hmm. so great. Um, I loved, I loved how he had to restrain himself, um, as an adult or he would like learn to restrain himself. Um, I loved his, his chemistry, like talking with, with Michael Shannon and like that was 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 fairly decent but there was some dialogue that just felt like you could add a little bit more depth to it but mm-hmm. you know that's here and there that's that's a criticism We're I, agree. Positive. I agree um positive i thought lowers fishborn as uh 
as Perry was fantastic casting. Um, I really like that. Um, the scene as a deaf as a deaf guy, um, I understand. Like I get overwhelmed by sound sometimes when I'm in a crowd stuff. So that scene where he's kind of getting his X-ray vision as a kid and he's losing, you know, his hearing's going crazy. That scene was great. And Diane Lane coming in as Martha was fantastic. She was really great. Yes, she was. Um, and just telling him like, focus on my voice. That was great. The scene with him with the towel around his, his neck remind me of being a kid and just dreaming of being Superman as well. Um, those flashbacks are really good. The, the final battle, there was, there was great action. Um, but there's the other side of that. Um, as a standalone Superman film, I go back and forth of whether I think it's the best Superman film. Um, because I'm going to go back and watch the other Superman films and kind of like, and, and, and criteria. I want to say yes, sometimes, but then some other things just make me mm-hmm. frustrated. And, and yeah, I'm going to say like you and I, have I really enjoy Superman, the movie until like the last third of the movie. I, yeah. I don't, I feel like Superman, the movie actually loses something in the last third of the movie. Um, I think part has to do with when Lex does show up, some of it gets bogged down. I don't know. Like I'll deconstruct that later when we do a special for that next year. Um, But yeah, I I go back and forth because I love them both, but there's not one that just like is like my overall winner because yeah, I do have an open mind to things, you know, I'm not so fixated on one thing, <laughs> but what didn't work is I, I think the suit is too dark. Um, I really hate the waist, uh, with the oval and the weird design there, they fix it up in BVS, but it just looks really weird in man of steel with like the mm-hmm. almost like scales on the side. It just looks weird. Um, I think Amy Adams, is, is a great actress. I don't think she was right for Lois. Um, I didn't like that. We didn't get a whole lot of him as Clark. Um, we didn't get Clark. We, like, we, well, didn't, we didn't really yeah. get Clark at all. We got, you know, him just kind of existing in the background and then becoming Superman or creating the Superman. Yeah. But I did like the fact that she already figured out his secret to do something different. We weren't playing with the, she doesn't know thing. I thought that was cool and refreshing uh, at the time. Yeah, because Lois, I mean, give me a break. Lois would know. Um, oh, the best scene in the movie is when he gets the suit and walks out of the ship and he flies for the first time because he smiles. He looks like he's having fun. Like, this is great. But then we go to when he's fighting Zod, it's like we like he didn't throw one punch in Superman Returns, so so people were really ticked about that. But then we go into Man of Steel, and he does nothing but throw punches. And, and there's so much destruction. It's way too much. And, like, I, I, I wanted him to get people out of the way in the middle yeah. of the fight, and you, they didn't you, do that. You and, can't discuss Man of Steel without mentioning Superman Returns, because so much of Man of Steel is the antithesis reaction to Superman Returns. Absolutely. Like, if you could take those two movies and fuse them into something together, you'd probably have the perfect Superman film. You probably could. So, and then I'll end with 
you know, the, the next snap, the most controversial dang thing that people still freaking talk about. Um, has he killed Zod in the comics? He sure as hell did. Did he kill Zod in Superman 2 with Christopher yes. Reeve? He sure as hell did. So don't tell me the Zod thing. Like He felt in his mind that he had no other choice. But the way they filmed it needed to be better because there was so much freaking room for those people to run out of the way or get out of the way. Yeah, they need, they need and, to be, look like they're being pinned more than what they were. Yeah, and... There need there should have been something where he couldn't like he couldn't fly up, you know. There there needed to be a re a, no other way, looking visually, um, so that people didn't have to argue and debate this and forever. Um, it just it needed it needed more joy, and that's the last thing I'm going to say. And it should have had John Williams score, but anyway. So I am not because I have said this. I actually prefer the reorchestration by John Ottman better than John Williams school. Are you talking about the one that in the 75 little, the 75 no, I'm anniversary? Talking, little I'm talking about in Superman returns, the way, okay. like, the way the score comes in at the beginning of Superman returns over the credits. I prefer it better to John Williams's original recordings. And it has to do with just, okay. I'll it's, it's, it. it's kind of like Shirley Walker's, Batman the Animated Series theme up against Danny Elfman's Batman the theme. It's the same pieces of music, just reorchestrated and tweaked. Yeah, surely it is better. So it is better. Um, I love John Williams. I will argue that, but I just there's things in the way the Superman theme is done in Superman Returns that I prefer better. That's all I'm going to say. That's fair. All right, moving on. Where the cinematic universe really starts. BVS. Um, yeah, so real quick to get there, June thirteenth, Man of Steel sequel is greenlit. David S. Goyer uh, would write the script. Uh, June twenty thirteen, Metallo was originally going to be the villain of Man of Steel two. Oh, I would uh, do that. Uh, July twentieth, twenty thirteen, uh, Man of Steel sequel confirmed to have Batman in the film with a twenty fifteen release date. I remember where I was in all this because this was when I was moving um, to North Carolina. And then right here, July 2013th, Man of Steel is announced as Batman Superman film at San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, sir. And then August 22nd, 2013, a day where I was like, hell yeah, because I was in high school with Finch. And I said, you know who would play, who would kill it as Batman? Ben Affleck. And there you go. This is ben one of the cast. When they announced it, I was like, Okay. Because like, you know, we weren't thinking an older Batman, but as soon as they said it, I was like, sure. Um, November 12th, 2013, Zach clarifies that Batman first Superman would be not be based upon the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, kind of. Laugh. Uh, now here's the, he, okay. <laughs> December 4th, 2013 is when Gal Gadot is cast as Wonder Woman. Was she in Fan- uh, Fast and Furious yet? Yeah. Okay. She she had been in Fast the 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 she was in Fast and Furious and Fast Five because around this is when Fast Six came out I think because I I think if I remember right because I was watching one of them with her in it because yeah because it was Fast Six we were watching because Gina Carano was in it and remember she was one of the people who were like like rumored like fan castings and everything and Gal is so super tiny in that movie it's ridiculous yeah. Um, but this right here, this is this where is some where people start. This is where it begins. December 18th, 
Chris Terrio replaces David S. Goyer as the screenwriter of Batman vs Superman. And I think this is where all the this is where the DCEU really is being birthed because this is where they're making the film that's going to launch new characters. And you and I've talked about before they should have never told us that Gal was Wonder Woman. Never. That should have been one of the we're biggest. We're going to talk about in a second, though. Um, January twentieth, fourteen. Batman vs Superman is delayed until July seventeenth, twenty fifteen. Yeah. So January 31st, 14, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex. Yeah. And here we go. You know, April 24th, 14, Ray Fisher is Cyborg. Yeah, Ray Fisher. Uh, April 27th, 14th, Zack Snyder is hired as director of Justice League. This would be viewed as Warner Brother making Snyder the main architect of what would be the DCEU. Now, what's funny is, that terminology DCEU was never official till eventually later. It was just like, okay, whatever. Cause they could, um, May 19th, 14 Batman versus Superman begins filming. Now, here we go right here. May 21st, 2014 Batman V Superman Dawn of justice is revealed as the full title. Now I remember Snyder talking about the importance of it being Batman V Superman, because it was like, he said like V is in a court case. Um, and he did a whole explanation, and that's what that's part of why I hated the idea of Batman versus Superman. I just I've hated. always hated that, hated it, hated it, hated. It. And um, the fact that sometimes Dawn of Justice, and it should have just been Batman and Superman, or Batman Superman, uh, or do a whole different story and call it World's Finest. Yeah, and then June sixteenth, fourteen, Jason Momoa is cast as Aquaman. Mm-hmm. September 14th, David Ayer's hired direct suicide squad. October 15th, I remember sitting at work the day after The Flash was on, debuted on uh, WB as Miller's yeah. cast as The Flash. That same day, they released the film slate oh. of BVS and Suicide Squad in 2016, Wonder Woman and Justice League Part 1 2017, Aquaman and The Flash 2018 with an untitled DC film. 2019 would be Shazam. That was a surprise. They still stuck with that. <laughs> Justice Man Part was 2. still came out in 2018. Uh, an untitled un, un, DC film. 2020 would be Cyborg and Green Lantern Corps. All right. Uh, I want my 2014 game. is our first look at Ben Affleck. 2014 in July was our first look at Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Ironically, 2014 is when Dwayne Johnson... Announces he will play Black Adam in Shazam. Uh, Only see. eight years. Twenty November tenth, fourteen. I forgot when, about this. Is when Margot Robbie was officially cast. I don't even care about the. Well, people. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts turned it down. Uh, Jared Leto was tapped to play Joker, but Ryan Gosling turned it down, so Leto got Joker in twenty fourteen. Margot was the perfect choice. Yes, she oh. was. December 2nd, 2014, uh, the rest of the Suicide Squad is revealed, being Will Smith as Deadshot, Tom Hardy was Rick Flagg, Cara Delevingne as Enchantress, and Jay Courtney as Captain Boomerang, his best role to date. Uh, <laughs> January 21st, 2015, Jake Gyllenhaal passes on Rick Flagg. February 13th, 2015, Joel Kinnaman cast as Rick Flagg as Tom Hardy also passed on the role. February 18th, Jay Hernandez is El Diablo. Okay. And then, in my opinion, the best 
DC casting. March 2nd, 2015, Viola Davis that's, cast as Amanda Waller. That's why her not being recast, I'm fine with because she is Viola Davis. She she is Amanda Waller. Like, so good. Adewale um, yeah, is cast as Killer Croc. I'm not going to try his other names. I don't want to uh, disrespect him. Karen Fukuhara is Katana. She is amazing. I hate that she got nothing. And I kind of want to stop there just because it's a lot of news that bleeds into other stuff. Yes. So that just gives you kind of an idea. Um, there's other announcements that are made for directors for the flash mm-hmm. suicide squads building. Patty Jenkins is hired. Uh, yada, yada. I just, I want to say all that because that's going on while we wait and build up to BVS. So let's just, uh, let's BVS. Just, let's try to focus on just BVS stuff and we can jump we, back. We could talk about BVS for days. Okay, August 11th, 2015, it was reported by Dead of Geek that Batman v Superman got a standing ovation by Warner Brothers. I don't believe it. However, multiple sources pushed back against their proclaim that it was nothing short of hyperbolic. Uh, this is what's crazy. November wait, 20- what about, wait, weren't they going to make this into two parts? Yeah, that was just a rumor. That was a fan rumor thing that was spread. Uh, that they were going to have part one, Enter the Night, and part two, Dawn of Justice. Um, I thought that was that could have worked. I really think if they had focused and made more of a Batman film and then the Dawn of Justice, which would be a Trinity film. This is what's fascinating. November 21st, 2015, Wonder Woman begins filming. Yep. December 2nd, 2015. This is what I really want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm skipping a lot on the timeline, listeners, just because it does talk about the, yeah. a lot of the other films that are starting to work, but we'll hit those as we get to those films. But which would be momentarily, but December 2nd, 2015, the second trailer for BVS has released a widespread criticism. Now I just want to say one thing before we kill this trailer. Yes. The teaser trailer, Janine and I actually got passes to go to the movie theater to see the trailer, the very first teaser trailer. Yes, sir. And then when we came out, Warner brothers reps were there, gave us posters. We signed up. And then years later, we got free passes a week ahead of time to see the film. Um, and then the first trailer that came out was during Comic-Con and I was in the hospital and I remember sitting there in the hospital bed with my phone, watching the trailer with my wife. Now at this time I was working a job. So when we get back, we get to the second trailer. I remember waking up to this trailer. So go Brian. (laughs) Okay. The teaser wasn't just the Batmobile going around the corner. And then hit Superman. Basically, that all we got. It's the one that has the uh, the lights coming onto the statue, and you hear the talk about, and we see the, you know, we have the yeah on the statue, and then it's like it's like a minute and thirty seconds long. Yeah, but him, the Batmobile going around the corner, hitting Superman, and then Ben Affleck stepping out. And yeah, standing up. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. And like it's because of this second BBS trailer of why I have a rule that I, I don't want I don't watch trailers after the teaser. Mm-hmm. Well, that and because of Endgame with the Hulk running at Wakanda. The, that's that's what that was the nail in the coffin, that one right there. But and then the, the first full trailer, I don't remember. 
what all it shows. It starts with him descending and it's the people like rioting outside at the oh, Capitol okay. building at the Capitol building. And that's the one I think that has the red coats are coming. The red coats are coming. Yeah. The red capes are and it, yeah, red capes. Red capes. And it shows, I think a little bit of the nightmare stuff. Yes. Okay. This second trailer, I, we just, we got, we got to tear this apart. Okay. You and I've talked about this so many times. <sighs> why, why do you put doomsday in Tyler, why? The only why? Reason, the only reason I could think of is if you had too many people pushing back, thinking the main conflict of this film is going to be Superman fighting Batman. That's all we needed. That's what we want. That's fine. And I'm like, you, but you greenlit a script. That's what always goes back. I go back to, is you read the script, you greenlit this script. Yep, sure did. Okay, so I always go back to you had an idea of what this movie was going to be. Um, and so not only does this trailer show you doomsday, it shows you wonder Woman with the Trinity, which is a money shot that should have been in the film itself. Absolute money shot. Um, and we talked about this, like this, this is the type of trailer that's out of desperation to get people to see your movie. This isn't what you like when you're putting Batman and Superman together for the first time in live action and you're rebuilding everything. This is not what you do. That's disrespectful to the characters. Um, you, you you drop this doomsday, and like my brother said when he went, when him and I went and saw, he's like, "Yeah, I figured they'd probably end up do- killing him because why else would you put in doomsday second, in anything?" Film. In the second film, Tyler, he was like, "Why else would you put doomsday in it?" Yep. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I, I also watched Smallville where you know doomsday showed up and didn't kill him, but whatever. Um, but I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. You know, he's, he's not wrong at all for thinking like that. Um, any, any comic fan like that knows any knowledge of, of Superman knows doomsday kills Superman. And we have no real character growth for, for Superman really at all yet. And you want to kill him in the second movie. What the hell are you doing? Zach, everybody, I, I wish, I mean, there's a lot of I wishes, but what should have happened was there should have been a Superman 2 in 2015. Absolutely. And then BVS should have been 2016 and ca- and kept it going. Like, if you could have knocked out, like... And you should have done the Batman movie before. And then you should have done the Batman movie. Like, you should have been... If Wonder Woman's already being filmed, okay? Yeah. If you could have gotten Superman filmed... And then, and then uh, Zach had someone help him in post on super on man of steel two. He started prepping and doing BVS while someone else directed, you know, basically Ben kind of did as soon as they wrapped BVS, he started, he started filming the Batman like the next day so that you could have released the Ben Affleck's Batman the same year as um, BVS. If you couldn't have got it out first, you know, because then you could have been, um, you know, later in 2016 or early 2017, you know. Um, just, but yeah, I just I just don't get it. Like I, I enjoyed BVS a lot, especially the extended version. Yeah, but it, it is. This is where it really shows you because let's not. I, I want to point out that Man of Steel off the top of my head. 
is the only Snyder film that has never been discussed of having a director's cut. And I think part of that goes to you have Nolan as a producer who's not really a director's cut person. He, he makes his film. That's his film. Um, and this is the movie that shows you that Snyder makes epic films that are long <laughs> because his longer cut of this is much better. Things make more sense. And there might even be an He's even longer day, people. <laughs> there might even be a longer cut of this movie that exists. And that's when I'm like, once again, it goes back to a script. <laughs> A script is roughly one page is a minute of film roughly. But if you have a movie that's like this, it's action heavy. That's going to take up more time. So you greenlit a script that you're looking at knowing this could be two movies. Like this is ridiculously long, but because you know, in my mind with BVS, I thought that the central conflict of Batman fighting Superman would have been like your mid movie battle. And then they would have kind of resolved and then had to fight something together. But that's all like all of that's your third act. <laughs> it, okay. Things, things that I love about this movie. Um, ben Affleck looks great as Batman. Um, I do. I like him. I like him being a, like Batman existing a longer than Superman. But I don't like twenty years. Um, we we don't see. There's so much backstory to Batman that it truly hurts his character. It like, all we have twenty years of backstory that we never touch on. Mm-hmm. We don't know like what Robin died. We we later find out it's Dick Grayson, but like we never see what really happened. We we get references to Riddler in the scene with the question mark and the, and when he's whooping Superman's ass, we, you know, we get the penguin quote, uh, with the, with the exploding penguins. Um, we get an amazing Alfred, amazing Alfred. Oh, and, irons uh, is the best. And irons, you know, we, we get this setting that we really want to see and we get him really being Bruce. We get him really being Batman. Like Ben Affleck is superb. We get that awesome warehouse scene where he's whooping ass like the way Batman should be, but we miss out on so much. And then Superman, like he gets regulated to the back. It, yeah, it's all in the back. Um, his romance with Lois is sped up a bazillion times. Like there's no we we see no growth. It's just boom. Let's have sex in the bathtub. Um, <laughs> 18 months later like we just we just buy yeah like and it, we we don't see any progression which is such the good charm of superman like and lois um jesse eisenberg is lex luther i have to tell my brain that it's the riddler that's the only way i can somewhat make uh, like so i can stand it and there was this rumor that he wasn't really Lex Luthor. Like all these fans were like, he wasn't really the Lex Luthor that they were going to bring in Brian Cranston. And that's what was our hope. And that was going to be his dad. And that was like the real Lex. And that this was just, I mean, there, there's tweaks at it. Like that pokes where it could be. If you look at the comics that are inspiring, this are late eighties, nineties comics. Yeah. So, I mean, there is, they left it with possibility for tweaking that it could be Lex, Lu- Lex Luthor jr. Yeah. If they wanted to, if they really were going to do something and do that, that they could have been like, oh, it's Lex Luthor Jr. And 
So, but they, and, they, and they should have had you, and we talked about this, and you should have had you think that Wonder Woman was really Talia Ghoul. Oh, yeah. But we should have been the whole time thinking, who is this lady? We should have never known who she was until she dropped down she and dropped. stopped Doomsday. No stewardess saying, Miss Prince, no nothing. She'd been miss, miss, and then yeah. like cuts off. Like, um, and then you're like, oh my God. Yeah. But you know what else kills me about this film? So much. It, they sent, I mean, we could talk about this movie for hours, but hours. We're, we're trying not to. Years. This, they put Aquaman merchandise and sold the image. Like, but he's not in the movie anymore than Cyborg or, or Barry Allen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, He's in once, and I thought for sure there'd be when they did the extended cut that there'd be some sort of scene with Aquaman or something because they had these great behind the scene photos of his image. Like they released figures from BVS of Aquaman, and you know, there's a there's a costume that you could buy for Halloween of BVS Aquaman. So I really thought he was gonna have some sort of play in the film, which he didn't. <laughs> I mean, his introduction scene was pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, like from the marketing line, point of view like, of how much merch they were putting out with Aquaman. On how much it. merch? That's when I first saw what what he would look like in a figure at Target. And we'll talk more about this as we get into it. But yeah, I thought it looked cool, and I liked it. And we'll just leave it there as till we till we digress. So, final thoughts on BVS. Go. Final thoughts is if you experience it, you have to experience the extended cut. Um, it does grow on you more and more as you see it. And it is a mature film. I don't think it was the right play. I always go back to how they did the animated film. Having them kind of be at odds with each other is fine. But I really think they should have done something more along the eyes of the animated world where they should have got together sooner. And we got more of a team up film of these two. Um, because I don't think it was the right approach. I can appreciate it from a, as a film. Um, but I also, like I said, I look at things too, is like you have Superman and Batman together characters that children love and you're going to have them fight and kids aren't going to understand what's going on and why. Yep. And you're trying to make almost now your DC universe as the antithesis to the Marvel universe, which it is not sure. There's some darker themes and tones in the DC universe, but it's all about how you how you approach it. But Larry Fong's cinematography is spot on, though. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> Wish he had done the first film, Man of Steel. <laughs> um, all I gotta say is, if there's any if there's any movie that proves that Zack Snyder should have had this been an Elseworlds story and not the cinematic universe, um, this is it. Like. It's it like, yeah, it's, it's, it Zach's Zach's head and creativity is way too big. And it's so evident in this movie, just all the stuff he's thinking. Cause he's, he's, he's thinking so far ahead because you kill Superman, in the second movie, because you want him it to be a character growth for him to be the Superman. We need him to be. And, but I has I spent barely any time with them so far, mm -hmm. so it hurts. Um, Jesse That's Eisenberg is like Luther is a decision I will never understand. Um, 
as a characterization. Um, some dialogue in here, you know, I, I if, in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is Zach is a Frank Miller fan. Yeah. So if you just, and Zach loves vigilantes. Mm-hmm. So if you had Zach just do the Batman, we yeah. would have been okay. But when you I, threw Superman in here and all this other stuff, Zach's head just went all these places and he didn't have anybody to bring him back. And this is at the time where Warner brothers in 2016, this is when they start getting um, Jeff Johns in to kind of help with stories and development and start. There's um, um, You know, they're starting to be shifting in the company right here with people yeah. coming in. Um, the old, the regime that had green, like I said, green lit this sequel they're on their way out and new people are coming in um, that are going to be like, and this is when Zach's still kind of the architect and overseer and producer. And like, this is where his five film plan comes into play. Cause it wasn't going to be this continual ongoing thing like Marvel. Um, he had a five movie plan <coughs> for for his Superman story arc from man of steel to justice league part two. And I think that's great, but that's not what they wanted. And even as an audience, like we have to go on this journey and I can respect the idea of developing this character, but at the same time, I don't want to wait five films to get the character that I love. No, no. Speaking of five, five parts, we might have to make this five parts. (laughs) We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. I mean, I think there'll be a couple of movies we'll get to where it's like, eh, eh. Yeah. All right. Uh, Suicide Squad might be one of those. Right. Um, well, yeah, no, so, so we'll back up. So, to Suicide Squad. So, so Batman, B, BBS could have been better. Suicide Squad. Okay, so let's jump back up Definitely to better. April 14th, 2015. The official fist, first photo of Jared Leto's Joker is released. And I, I saw this. And when, I, when the day before Leto was announced, I was talking with my friend about if they did a new Joker, what kind of ideas. They said Leto. And I was like, that's great. Then I saw this photo. I sent it to my friend and he thought it was a porn parody. (laughs) And I just looked at it. And the only thing I liked from this photo was I liked the way his white skin looked. And I liked the way his hair looked. I can be honest with you. I'm okay with the tattoos except the forehead tattoo. Yeah. I mean, the tattoos, I was like, okay, but yeah, the forehead and like the on his face. I just don't like facial tattoos first. Nope. May 3rd, 2015, the first official photo of the Suicide Squad is released. It definitely has that David Ayer grit. Um, yes, sir. So something else happens, but we'll talk about it later. This is a big one. July 11th, 2015, the Suicide Squad trail teaser trailer from San Diego Comic-Con is leaked and, f- and forced Warner Brothers to release the trailer sooner than they would have liked. The trailers ad- adverse a dark, grittier tone a mature take on the characters dude i love that first trailer that's the bohemian rhapsody trailer right no this is the that the bohemian rhapsody is when they start to try to make them into the guardians of the galaxy no yeah this is when it starts with like the the warner brothers symbol being turned like a combination and you hear a click and then you hear um so that's where we are with suicide squad now we talked bvs comes out uh, January 19th, 2016, the official trailer for Suicide Squad releases. 
better known as the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. Yeah, there it is. Okay. This little piece of marketing would kickstart one of the greatest marketing campaigns of all time. Uh, widely regarded as one of the greatest trailers ever made, it would soon have more of an impact on the film than people realized. Because it showed all the good parts. Well, this is because the trailer company got rehired to re-edit the movie. <laughs> um, March 20th is the big premiere of BVS. Uh, we have the mixed critical reaction of BPS. We talked about 29 Rotten Tomatoes, 73 audience score. Now, Rotten Tomatoes can kiss my ass. Here we go. I'm March old. 13th, 2016, Suicide Squad is undergoing reshoots to add more fun. That dreaded mo- that dreaded word, reshoots. All films have reshoots, but when they start but when they start talking about it like this is when you know they're going in to change the movie. Sometimes you have reshoots to add story, change something, or you just need a better take than what you got. Um, April 4th, 2016, BVS suffers a historic 69.1% drop in its second weekend. The film, which opened to 166 million, uh, tumbled to a 51 million its second week. March, April 2016, a UK interview of Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck talking about the negative BBS reception releases. This interview would spawn this sad Affleck meme. April 11th, 2016, David Ayer responds to the Suicide Squad reshoots rumors. Um, This is when he basically has to give his studio answer about uh, when a studio loves your movies and asks what else you want and go for it. Um, Let's see. Uh, I do want to, so March, April of 2016. Have to mention that. Justice League script is getting rewritten. I'm trying to, okay. June 24th, David Ayer announces that the studio cut of Suicide Squad was complete. Okay. Studio cut, not the Ayer cut, not the real cut. Well, August 2nd, 2016, the reviews embargo of Suicide Squad lifts. The film would be absolutely buried by overwhelming negative reviews with some critics calling it worse than BVS. Suicide Squad is worse than BVS. We didn't think it was a problem. We didn't think it was possible. Yeah. Yeah. So the Rotten Tomato score comes out at 26. The audience at Suicide Squad's petition to shut down Rotten Tomatoes over negative reviews. Uh... Then let's see here. August 5th is when it releases. Opens to 133.7 million. Worldwide, it is 226.7. So that's where we kind of are with Suicide Squad at this time in August of 2016, which is really the first two films out for DCEU are met with huge blows. Huge blows. So they're they're hit hard. They are, you know, um, I bought the novelization of Suicide Squad. I haven't about that. I haven't got around to reading it. I started it, but then I had to stop just because it was based off the an earlier script before the reshoots. So as of right now, it's the closest thing to we have to an error cut understanding of what Suicide Squad has been. I mean, there are videos. I made one years ago that kind of show you clips that were in the trailers that were not in the film. 
there was an extended cut of the Suicide Squad released that added some more of the Harley Quinn Joker stuff. Um, I think if they had just made the villain of this movie the Joker and, you know, because it gets so convoluted because originally we were supposed to meet Steppenwolf in this movie. And it was supposed to be yeah, they were supposed to be facing uh facing what the heck they called it was parademons um, and parademons, yeah, which would leave into Justice League. Um, if they would have just made the Joker the bad guy and made it a little bit more like the first volume of the New Fifty Two, where there's like a they virus. Okay, that first volume, and um, I forget what the heck it's called. Yeah. Uh, um. It's so good. I mean, so good. The, like, the don't, fact- they have, don't they go in the base? They go in like a baseball stadium. Yes. And there's like some like virus. Yep. And Waller's like, yeah, you got to kill this pregnant woman. Because- and, and at the end, they're all escaping <laughs> and Deadshot turns to one of the members of the team and shoots them to leave the body. And then they pin the whole thing on that person. Yeah. That should but, have been this movie. It should have been like that should have been like that suicide squad. Um. So uh, this movie is weird yeah. because if you watch this film, it is long. It is almost like long montages up until we get where the helicopter crashes in the city. Because you have these very like catchy songs with like clips of, um, and like I said, this was a trailer company that re-edited this film. Try and be guardians. And you know, like if you think about how your pacing is with each character and they introduce and then we flat out knew they were going to kill Slipknot first because they didn't give him any credit. They didn't do a little montage with him or anything like they did all the other characters. Um, I still laugh when he died, though. I know it's horrible. Um, you can laugh at death. So it's fine. But I'm just saying like it's a lot of quick cuts and a lot of fun edits and shots and kind of music after music after music until we get to where the helicopter crashes. And then when the her- helicopter crashes, um, that's kind of when all of a sudden the pacing slows down. And I think you get more of the type of film that air was making. It's okay. Will Smith is dead shot. Totally cool with, I think will, I think will was pretty good in this movie. Um, I mean, he's still playing who he always plays somewhat, but, <laughs> but the uh him calling that dude angie and like you only have a certain amount of window you better pay me like that was cool that was dead shot that was cool um like the humor with the guard i forget who played the guard um it was a uh, ike, ike, ike baron holt yeah yeah hilarious great um margot robbie as harley quinn freaking perfect casting fantastic um, the scene with Will Smith and his, and his daughter and Batman, like it's, it's perfect. Um, it, it is. Um, I was talking to Solomon about that the other day Yeah, where, um, you know, you have Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, which was exciting to see, um, you know, uh, kidnap Deadshot or, you know, taking men and everything. We have the amazing scene of him, you know, going after the Joker and Harley Quinn, but we never see Leto and Ben Affleck in the same frame. Nope. Uh, we know that Harley is wanted for part of the murder of Robin. Yep. 
but we don't know really what happened. Nope. And there's all kinds of speculation about why the Joker has the grills in his teeth because Batman punched him out. Um, so there was so much being talked about that could have been done because you're, you're building. And I enjoyed Suicide Squad. I just remember when we left, Janine and I were both like, and our biggest gripe still to this day is Leto gave her performance. Okay. But you chop that performance up so much that you as the audience going in, you don't know what to make of this character because you took out a lot of his scenes. And, you know, I, I said that he had to be different than Heath. He had to be. Okay. He's coming. He's, I mean, there's a lot, there was a lot of time between Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger. There was not that much time between Heath Ledger and Jared Leto. Uh. So he had to do something different. But they cut so much of his scenes and stuff out, it feels weird. His best scene is when they have the guy in the meat room for the interrogation. That's the best scene. Because that's his only real scene that's not been altered, cut up, or retweaked in some way. Yes. Um, so I, I I have a hard time judging his Joker because I'm if we got the air cut, um because I, b- I believe it would be much better. I think we would actually see his take on the character and then we could actually fully judge if we liked what he was doing or not. Yeah. Um, I, I think Kara, uh, Kara, Kara, Kara DeVangli, I think she sucks as actress. I, uh, she does. She's absolute trash. She like is. she nearly ruined all of the murders in the building for me. Yep. Um, she just, she's pure trash. Yep. Um, Havers and Enchantress, like no. Um, it's just so it's it's her being in there. Period. Is <sighs> weird. Yeah. It's just I don't understand. Like all this movie needed to be, honestly, is how Viola Davis as Waller sets it up in the beginning. She's like, Batman put this person away. Batman put this person away. Batman puts this person away. All you needed it to be was like a soul in Arkham. Where it's the Suicide Squad versus Batman, and then you just throw the Joker in there as messing both of them, and then you could wrap the movie up with the Suicide Squad and Batman both have to stop the Joker, and it would that movie would have been phenomenal. It would have been phenomenal. Would have been badass. But, but, but if you can't get Batman, okay, because we're about to start filming Justice League. Okay, if you think about it, if you can't get Affleck to be in there filming, then just have the Suicide Squad go up against the Joker. And that's why they recruit Harley Quinn is because she knows the Joker and make the Joker your main antagonist. Yeah. And yeah. If and you, then Lido and then Lido's Joker would have been sold. I'm totally uh, exactly what you're saying. And, you know, if there was issues with um, the Enchantress, whatever, that's to me like that should be your Justice League dark. But yeah, let's talk about yeah. that. That post credit scene real quick. Yes, sir. How does Waller already know all the members of the Justice League that Bruce is getting from her? Like, it's a very interesting scene. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because I felt it was pretty big continuity here. So now it makes like the only thing that I could put in my head is that Lex Luthor got this info, got his Justice League info from Waller. That makes sense. And also what pissed me off too uh, about BBS and uh, my cousin Steven brought it up, I think, 
or no, maybe it was Finch. It might have been Finch. But but he's like, why do all these files have the symbols for the hero on it? And then how do those heroes know to put those symbols on their chest, like Flash and Aquaman? Well, I mean, you gotta, Aquaman already <laughs> has the symbol on his belt. Yes. Okay. So even in the, the scene where he's in the water, the Flash already has his costume. Just the footage that Lex saw that we saw, she clicked on. He didn't have his costume on, but we know that he's active doing something because we have the scene of the Flash showing up and taking out Boomerang. Okay. And then um, Wonder Woman, the WW was already there on her belt in the photo that Lex has. Okay. As far as Cyborg goes, that's whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I would I would say that 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 Lex took Waller's files. I'll I'll go with that. That works oh. for me. I don't care. Like yeah. I'm not gonna spend that much brain power connecting everything when it's already over. Yeah, but it's 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 a mess. Um I don't think Suicide Squad is atrocious as I originally scored it like years ago. Cause I did a, I rewatched them all uh, from Christmas to now. Um but it <sighs> It's, for me, it's an enchantress and it's the, the the Joker craziness, but it could have been better. I want to see the air cut. Yeah, I do, I do too. All right. The last, the last thing we're going to point on before we switch is July, August of 2016. Jeff Johns is promoted at the head of the DCEU, which would oversee all production. Now, when this happens, remember, Wonder Woman is about to come out the following year. It's already been filmed. So let's jump back up in our timeline. To the last movie of part one today is back when my man was cast. My man was cast for Wonder Woman. So November 21st, 2015, Wonder Woman begins filming. The man that should have been Hal Jordan? Yes. I'm going. He Where was he? Hold on. Scrolling back up. July 28th, Chris Pine is cast as Steve Trevor. I have said before that Chris Pine would have been the ultimate Hal Jordan. I said that back when... Green Lantern came out. So, well, then you met me, and then I said it to you, and you're like, Yes. And then <laughs> exactly. we became best friends. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. So, Wonder Woman was already being filmed um, before, you know, BBS came out. Mm-hmm. And Zach's a producer on Wonder Woman. So, you, it's kind of, you got to think that all this is going on because um, we are, so August 12th, 2016. Zach and, wrote it. Zach Bart wrote it. He, an exec at Warner Brothers employee called Wonder Woman a mess. The distraught employee sent out an open letter to CEO Kevin Tajahara, who has who was behind the name Gracie what are you Law. Even doing? Uh, I wish to God you were forced to live out a car until so basically, um, we never found out who it this was, was. Yeah, it was made up BS. Okay, so let's see what else is. Um, worth noting for um, Wonder Woman. Hey, we'll Suicide, go- Suicide Squad made money. Yeah, it did. It, it did well. It got an Oscar nod for uh, makeup. Mm-hmm. So I okay. So um, so we're, Zach's filming. So Wonder Woman's on the horizon. Justice League's in production. We're just going to say that. Yeah. So we're jumping on the timeline because we're going film by film. June second. 2017 Wonder Woman releases. Oh, wow. You jumped. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Cause I will go back and talk about all the justice league mess during justice league time. Yeah. Where are we? Wonder Woman again, called a mess. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just keep going down. I'm going. 
Oh, the Nightwing movie that shouldn't have happened. Yep. Um, we'll talk all about it, all that around Justice League time. Where are, where are you? Um, keep going down because it's you, oh June second. There we go. Yep. With you. So June second, Wonder Woman releases. The film receives critical praise across the board with almost with almost all loving gals' performance as Wonder Woman. Additionally, the film would open to 103 million domestically at the box office and two, 223 worldwide. What happened next was a historic box office run with the film dominating the entire summer movie season, even outgrossing Spider-Man Homecoming domestically. The film, that. the film would end up with 412 million domestic and 822 million worldwide, with fans and critics viewing this film as a potential turning point for the DCEU. Now, this film was not touched or bothered. Okay. Nope. So let's let's remember that this yep. film was not tinkered with. We did not get the stories that we get um, with. Well, Justice. do you believe the story that Patty had to fight for the no man's land scene? I don't believe it. She says that, but I'm like, that's one of the best scenes in the movie. I don't. I don't, I don't know. It. Unless she's talking back. about. It's, unless it was in script form. No uh, but in the film, that scene no. is a Zach scene written all over it. Well, that's what I'm saying. He had a he had a stronger production grasp. Okay, um, it is a great scene in cinema, and that is our. Let's see. Is there anything else Wonder Woman related? Um, no. Then we get no, to that's all it. The Justice League mess, man. Okay, so that's our last big thing for Wonder Woman. So this is 2017. Okay. Yeah. Now, behind the scenes. This is what's important. 2017, Warner Brothers is being bought by AT&T. Mm-hmm. This is we are now having, this is when we are it's starting to. Crap hits the fan. So Warner Brothers, the company is being sold to AT&T. Mm-hmm. AT&T is getting, uh, Tajahara is leaving. They bring in, this is when they started to try to get uh, Walter Hamada to come in, who had been successful with building the Conjuring universe at this time, which existed, I think, three films, three or four films at this time. I think so. Uh, moving over from New Line to Warner Brothers proper. So I say all this because there was mandates put out about productions and changes. And we'll get more into that with Justice League. But we have a regime change and we have new people coming in as the leadership behind the studio in itself. So Wonder Woman will finish this part out of the of our story. Um uh, Wonder Woman. Cool. The biggest the biggest thing about this film, the only thing I can say they tweaked or changed was the original toy and image of Ares was much different than what we got. Oh, now I have to look that up. Um, the build a figure, he had more of a skull head and like yeah. bone. And he's more like that in the flashback scene of the Snyder cut of what he was supposed oh, to be okay. until, uh, um, exactly what you mean then. I yeah. think, I think when Ares reveals himself, these, um, I love David to Lewis as an actor. I think well, that should, the Sir Patrick should have been his disguise, but as Ares, he should have been a bigger, just bus muscular dude. Yeah. Okay. It should have been James Cole. <laughs> it should have just faded away. 
uh, the Sir Patrick, and it should have just been a big hulking person. And when we saw the flash like back scene of Ares like getting kicked out of Olympus, it should not have been the Lewis. It should have been just someone who looked like they were carved out of marble like a Greek god. Um, because Ares, you know, could change his look and stuff. Um, that's really the only thing I can think of that was tweaked. Of course, the movie gets, you know, the compl- the problems of being a big CG battle at the end. Um, eh. I think I think the story is cool because sometimes it's a very, f- I think, hard line to walk with Wonder Woman about how much she, the world of men, but then how much the Amazons hate men can get into like a very dark place. Um, I think Chris Pine and Steve Trevor was amazing. He was the heart of that movie. Um, his speech at the end to her is amazing. And the fact amazing. that amazing. The, <laughs> I thought about that the other day, um, <laughs> the fact that through the whole film, they kind of tease us if Aries is really responsible or is she just learning that this is how people men yeah. are and I love that it's in World War One. It, it it really helps set everything up nicely. Um, I don't. This movie really kind of won me over with Gal. I still think she should have been physically bigger as Wonder Woman. Um, if and I've said this before, if you're gonna make Henry look like this huge buff dude, and he put on all this muscle and he's super chiseled to be Superman, who technically gets his powers from the sun. He doesn't have to look buff. Um, you should make wonder woman. You're making it bring up. You're making a good argument here. I mean, you should make wonder yeah. woman look just as buff and big. Yeah. Like we shouldn't put her as our standards of what should be quote unquote beautiful. Sure. Um, I think she's too small and thin to be wonder woman, but I let it go because it's not worth fighting over. I mean, no. Brandon Ralph looked great in Superman returns, but he was more of a lean, muscle swimmer because he was a swimmer style superman body you know cavill's more of the bodybuilder 80s 90s superman but i think godot could have been a a buffer wonder woman and she did get bigger but she still was small um but I, i i really enjoy wonder woman um it is fun like the fish out of water stuff works it's not too goofy the time period really helps it, makes it enjoyable and something fresh. It proves that a good movie is a good movie that women can lead superhero films. Yep. As long as they're a good story. Yep. So let me break it down for you. Break it down, Bri. I love this movie. I love it. I, I rank it very high in my superhero movies of all time. It, it proves that women can lead superhero movies. Um, they need, we need women superhero movies that are good um, and not goofy, like freaking Captain, you know, the Marvels, whatever. Um, so when I first saw Gal cast as Wonder Woman, I was kind of like you. I was like, man, she's skinny. Man, that, that, this chick's a twig. Um, I didn't, I didn't buy her as Wonder Woman because she was a twig. Um, I, in my head, Wonder Woman needs, needs to be drop dead gorgeous, but also you need to feel like she could whoop your ass. Yep. And looking at gal, um, I like, I don't feel, I mean, I know she could, 
because she was in the Israeli army. But <laughs> but but looking at her, you don't feel like she could whoop ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching this and then watching her cameos and watching uh, Wonder Woman eighty four, um, Gal Gal has Gal has that side of woman. She shows she's not only absolutely lovely, like as a person, like just lovely as a person, but, and, and just lovely as a woman, she has a grace about her. She has a warmth about her. So when you see when Zack Snyder uses her and to talk to kids and talk to these young girls, like you get this, you just, I just couldn't help but smile. I couldn't help but feel warmth in my heart. That like, this is what we need with wonder woman. Like, Hey, I whooped all these people's ass. And you can do anything that you that, that you believe you can do, and sing these these messages to these little girls that you can do whatever you want to do. Like that's what Wonder Woman needs to be—the inspiration for little girls. Like, like we as we as young boys, you know, we had we pretend to be Spider Man and and Batman and Superman and had the towel around our neck, but mm-hmm. girls girls really don't have anything, man. So for a girl to like you know, get the bracelets together and like start pretending to be wonder woman and being tough and strong. That's what we need. Um, and gal just symbolizes that so well. And cause she, she just, she just has that lovingness. Yeah. And she won me over. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and this movie, you know, it shows her being a badass. It show her, her being a bit naive, but, but I liked how you said how, we almost didn't know if it really was Aries that was manipulating thing or men really are evil. And just seeing her have to come to terms with, with what men really are. And like, like, am I too good for them? Cause that was one line that her mom said to her, like, you're too good for them. Yes. And, and like her having to come to terms with maybe I am, you know? Um, yeah. It, it and and it just and we'll talk about it in you know in 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 part three, but to see this movie and how wonderful it was, and then do the one eighty to Wonder Woman eighty four, like what the hell? Um, I this movie is I rank it very high. Uh, it's one of the best Superman movies, super superhero, not Superman, best superhero movies there is in my opinion. It is, and I like how they. Okay. They do the origin more where she's Zeus's daughter and she's a demigod. Yeah. But they still kind of open the idea that could have been from clay, like that Zeus kind of brought her to life from clay. If they had wanted to go that direction, you know what I'm saying? You're right. Um, But they did make it more that she is just straight up a demigod. The God killer. um, Yeah. I I love this movie. I do too. And it's one of those movies that I know that I love and I enjoy, but every time I watch it, I come around like, enjoying it more and be like, man, I enjoyed that more than I thought I would like on rewatch, even though I already know that I love it. But all right. So that, we, we did, that's part one. That's of part one. Our DCU end of an air. And I think part one is hard because part one and you know, if we is kind of this, it is an error because these are all the films really where Zack Snyder 
was more of like a producer and behind things and part of everything. Yeah. So that's your that's your tease for part two on the Krypton Report. So next week, check out Krypton Report, where all podcasts are, and you'll get part two. Part two. Thank you, Tyler, for joining me on Brian the Guys and being one of the guys. And stay tuned for part two, three, and four dropping on every Wednesday in January. So this will drop on Wednesday the 3rd, part two dropping Wednesday. Oh, I'm so sorry. Part one is going to drop on Wednesday the 10th. I apologize. There's a reason for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, part one on January 10th, part two, January 17th, part three, January 24th, and part four on January 31st, which is the one-year anniversary of James Gunn's DCU announcement. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and tune in in a week for part two of DCEU Review.